All right, it's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. It's going to be a busy week. Busy week, busy day, day one of the BC vaccine card, and we focused on that in the first hour of the mm-hmm. show. I had Adrian Dix on the show, the health minister, taking calls from listeners. We had uh, I had the head of the BC Restaurant Association talking about how this is going to roll out with the largest sector impacted by the vaccine card. We're already hearing you know, about some some threats from people opposed to the vaccine card saying that they're going to try and phone in fake food orders to restaurants or they're going to hassle staff or harass no. workers. Well, when you got almost 90% of, of society over the age of 12 vaccinated, which is 90% of people buying into something, uh, these people are in a tiny minority. Now, there are people who have been double vax who oppose the vax- vaccination card. I mean, that's that's a different argument. But in terms of being anti-vaccine, that's who these people are who are blocking hospitals and harassing healthcare workers. They're conspiracy theorists upset about the vaccines, not the va- necessarily the vaccination card. So I heard Ian Tossinson on with you. I sort of agree with him. After a week or so, this is going to be like mask wearing, a bit of a kerfuffle at the beginning with some people. But then it's just a part of life. And yeah. again, you're not being asked to show your vaccination card, except in rare circumstances. I mean, right now, people going into restaurants has dropped dramatically in the pandemic. Not many people are eating out as much. That's the main one. Uh, not everyone goes to gyms all the time. Uh, so it's it's not part of your daily life to show your vaccination card at, you know, every at every uh, stop and turn. It was interesting to hear Tostenson say that for any restaurants that openly defy this and say, we will not ask you for mm-hmm. your proof of vaccination, and we've seen some restaurants say that, he thinks they should be shut down. Like yeah. he, he thinks the government should bring the hammer well, to, down on To his credit, Ian Tostenson has been looking out for his, his industry, his sector, since day one of the pandemic, trying to figure yeah. out how to survive, not how to defy yeah. rules, right. not define public health rules, trying to figure out how to survive within the new reality, the new the new protocols that are just not going away. And he's been sticking up for his sector, and he realizes that the number of people who want to defy this are in a tiny minority, and they are risking the livelihood of the larger uh, sector. So he's, he's trying to protect his members, and good on him. I asked Adrian Dix that question this morning. What should be done with a restaurant that defies this and refuses to ask for the vaccine card? Should they be shut down? And he didn't really want to go there. He just he just said, "Look, I'm not going to say precisely never, what we will do." He's Adrian X has never been one to confront the deniers, the anti-vaxxers since day one. I mean, it's interesting as a health minister, he's he's made it his role as not being the provo- you know, provoking people, confronting people. It's uh, well, he's leaving that to other authorities. Well, it also just occurred to me though that what if you have a town like some of these smaller communities in the northern interior of British Columbia, you know, Dawson, Dawson Creek, Creek, whatever, where half the town is yep. not vaccinated. If you have a, a large number of bars, restaurants in these towns say, you know, we're not checking for your, your vaccine card. I mean, are you really, is the government really going to go down out there and shut down a, a, a ton of restaurants, yeah, a ton of we, bars? Yeah, and I've talked about this before. There's two different realities here. Urban Metro Vancouver and the capital region, very yeah. high vaccination numbers. It's it's a, sort of a moot point whether you show the card or not because everybody's vaccinated. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're talking in some communities, 90, 95% of yeah. people over the age of 12. That's the case here in Oak Bay where you live. Yes. Where I live in Fairfield, it's 93%. Different story. You go to the rural areas of BC and the north. Uh, you mentioned Dawson Creek, Fort St. John, Enderby, Vanderhoof, yeah. Nelson uh, starting to get its numbers up. But it's still a problem in the Kootenays. 
are they going to enforce it with the same rigor that maybe you enforce it elsewhere? It it's uh, it remains to be seen. Yeah, that's going to be a real interesting uh, one to watch for sure. I asked Dix this morning about some of these threats to restaurants with fake food orders. We had Jeff Guinard on with Simi Sarah this morning, who represents the BC Bars and Pubs, mm-hmm. saying that some of his staff, the staff and restaurants, have been threatened as well. And here's what Dix had to say about it, and then I'll get your thoughts. Let's face it, such threats, for any reason, are despicable, right? They're not justified. They're not courageous. They're despicable, those kind of threats. To threaten uh, workers in a restaurant for following the law, I think is, is uh, I think, a really disreputable thing to do. Okay, but as some callers pointed out this morning, though, you're not required to be vaccinated to work in a restaurant. No. no. Right? But by and large, almost every restaurant worker in Metro Vancouver and the capital region is vaccinated. It's just, you, you do the math. I mean, it's, yeah. we're talking 90% of the population in most areas. Uh, Eastern Fraser Valley, not, you know, lower numbers. But, you know, it, that's true. Right now, workers are not required to be vaccinated. It's going to change this afternoon, though. There's going to be a briefing by Dr. Bonnie Henry and Health Minister Adrian Dix. I expect them to announce what they've been talking about for the last few weeks. An expansion of the vaccine mandate, vaccination mandate in healthcare. Oh, okay. Right now, we've got long-term care workers are required to be vaccinated. I expect that to be expanded to include other people working in healthcare. We're also going to get an update. It's my understanding on the third dose, um, mm. which you saw uh, NACI, the National Advisory Committee on Immunization, recommend the third dose for immune-compromised people. I think we're going to get that today, along with uh, a timeline for people in long-term care to get their third dose. Wow, okay, so that's a lot of news coming this afternoon on day one of the BC vaccine card, uh, for sure. That's very interesting. And and it's interesting to hear about mandatory vaccination for healthcare workers because, as you said, it's already in place in long-term care, but they were worried about losing some of their staff who maybe didn't want to be vaccinated and said, I'm going to go take a job in the hospital across the street instead mm-hmm. where I don't have yeah, to get talking, the vaccine. So now they may extend that, sounds like. I think like. you're going to extend that to other... I'm not sure how broad it's going to be, but it's going to be extended yeah. beyond long-term care. I don't think there's a lot of people in healthcare who have not been vaccinated. Again, no reason to believe why their numbers would be dramatically lower than society as a whole. Yeah, um, But there probably are some. And that's why we're going to see a broader mandate. Okay, that's a big announcement coming this afternoon. Let's talk about the final week of the federal election campaign. Voting day is one week from today. Here is Justin Trudeau uh, speaking yesterday, throwing the kitchen sink at Aaron O'Toole here. Have a listen. And it's not enough for a politician like Mr. O'Toole to condemn anyone who's throwing pebbles. He needs to stand against the values and the ideas that the fringes are putting forward, that anti-vaxxers are sharing, the people who still stand up against women's rights that have been fought for so hard and so long, whether it be abortion or childcare, who continue to pander to the gun lobby. Okay, so he's got, a he's got anti, anti-vaxxers, yeah. abortion, guns. He's really trying to stick all of this on uh, O'Toole right now. Well, and I... I wonder uh, if this is not effective. I think I think the ground has shifted a bit. Certainly, Nanos polling had a four-point uh, surge by the Liberals. Yeah, on the, weekend. the Liberals coming back a bit. If you believe uh, Ecos polls. has the Liberals up in Ontario. Keep in mind when you look at polling, don't look at the national number. Look at uh, where where they are in Ontario, Quebec, 
and Metro Vancouver. That's the election. What do you think about Jody Wilson-Raybould's book uh, being published here a week to go before the election, excerpted in the Globe and Mail, and she had the, maybe the most dyna- you know dynamite bombshell in the whole book where she said, Trudeau wanted me to lie. Yeah, well, Trudeau good, denied it. Good publicity campaign by her publisher. Uh, what what better time? I think though, opinions on Jody Wilson Raybould and the whole the whole mess of SNC is already baked into public opinion. Yeah. I don't think it changes the vote here. Uh, this was this was decided in 2019, but it, it's it's another you know in 2019 perhaps that was an issue that prevented Trudeau from getting a majority, and perhaps that's an issue that continues to prevent Trudeau from getting a majority. Okay, well apparently it did change one vote, and that's a former Liberal MP, Selena Cesar Chavan, who is uh, Trudeau's former parliamentary secretary, who resigned from the Liberal caucus, sat as an independent. She's voting conservative now. Now have a listen to this. Here she is speaking about that. I think it's really time that we look over the last six years, we look over the behavior of our current leader, and as liberal as I am, really think about making a decision that is in the best interest of Canadians, and whether that is conservative, NDP, or green, um, I, I think people should really consider the choices that they have in front of them and make make a choice not to reward bad behavior okay. any further. Okay, Selena Cesar Chavan, a former uh, Liberal MP, speaking to Roy Green there, saying she's voting Conservative. But, yeah, I, you well, know, and this is after the publication of Jody Wilson-Raybould's book. Yeah, well, again, I maintain that uh, public opinion is already baked into public opinion. Yeah. I don't think this is a, a vote changer. I think there's other issues on people's minds that will be both favorable and unfavorable to Justin Trudeau. Okay, it's close. It's close going into it's the final close, week for here sure. for sure. All right, welcome back. Keith Baldry is my guest. Phone lines are open, 604-280-9898, star 9898 on your cell. Let's go to John in Kelowna. Hi, John. Hey, guys. Uh, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. I uh, sure. just want to say, first off, I am vaccinated. I support the card in, in a lot of ways, specifically for mass attendance events like concerts and sporting goods. But I wonder about some things like restaurants, for example, uh, you know, all of the you know, the fast food places that they gave the exemption for, and really gyms. So, you know, gyms have some of the biggest safety protocols for COVID-19, distancing, sanitizing, limiting the number of people. But things like an escape room, uh, Mm -hmm. you can still go to where literally you can pack a bunch of vax and unvax together and they got to figure out how to get out of there. I just wonder about some of the logic in in some of the decisions that were made and what's included and what's not included and if you guys have thoughts on that. Yeah, good questions. I mean, those are perfectly valid points. I've often wondered... You know, gyms are seem to be in their own little category when it comes to some of this. I do note that some months ago, um, gyms were closing down because of cluster outbreaks in those facilities. So they do seem to be singled out for a reason that they have had a disproportionate high number of cases associated with gyms than yeah. other places. I do maintain, though, the, the real... Um, challenge here is in the restaurant sector when it comes to vaccination cards because it's not like going into a sporting into arena or a sporting event where you're presumably you can have your bags checked if you go into rogers arena it's not like going on an airplane where you have to show id anyways or a nightclub where you might have to show id restaurants are in a different uh, area so we'll see how that works in gyms and restaurants but that that's uh that's uh, again as i've been saying since day one not never rule anything out in terms things of can changes. change things can change yeah things can change for sure ian tostenson from the restaurant association told me this morning that the early reports he got this morning is that things were going quite smoothly in the reports that he received will. yeah rick and richmond hi hi I, I just interesting thing is going to be happening in a while i'm going into my polling station for early voting and I do not have the, the, the BC card. I'm double vaxxed. 
Um, and you don't need it. You don't need the vaccine card to vote. Okay. Do I have to take my mask off to ID myself? I don't think so. I think you have to wear a mask in a polling place. Mm-hmm. Well, that's my understanding. Of- and also, you don't need a vaccine. Everybody listening, you don't need a vaccination card for two weeks. You can show no. your immunization uh, card that you got one or f- first dose. That that can supplant the vaccination card. That doesn't take effect until the twenty sixth, I believe. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, there among the prominent exemptions here in the vaccine card is voting. So you will not be required to show the vaccine card to vote. Let's go to Solomon in New West. Hi. Hi. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I wanted to um, mention a couple of things that uh, doesn't make sense. Um, for example, uh, the logic uh, we're using uh, as to the last person who called you before the, mis- uh, the, the news, you were um, asking her would she want to be seated by, with, uh, by somebody who is not vaccinated. Right, yeah. And, uh, and, and if she's vaccinated, according to what she said, she was vaccinated, what is the risk to her? The risk is the opposite, which means that if you are vaccinated, according if it is true, the vaccines protect us from uh, uh, being uh, and not uh, getting uh, sick with it. Yeah, but it's not a hundred. But it's not a hundred percent, though, right? Like you can I, I still, don't. yeah. And so here's the here's the point I was making. It's not a hundred. The, the vaccine is not a hundred percent effective in protecting everybody for sure forever. You can still get COVID nineteen, and if you're not vaccinated, you are more likely to spread the vaccine to others for a longer period of time to be more infectious. So my point to her was, okay, she was saying, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I just think this is going too far, that the government's mm-hmm. overstepping its reach. I'm, I'm, so my point was, so you're saying that I took the vaccine because I believe in the science, but I also believe that someone else's freedom to sit beside me at a hockey game who's unvaccinated and potentially give me COVID is the greater good. Yeah. And I just, you know, what about my freedom no. to protect myself and my family yep. from, from this, this disease? Exactly. Your, Keith, your thoughts on it? Uh, exactly. I mean, it's a, if you're unvaccinated, you are a risk to society. Um, and it doesn't mean you're guaranteed some sort of freedom over my freedom to be free of your virus. Yeah, I mean, like, I, that's, I guess that's the bottom line for people who say, because I get these calls all the frequently saying, I'm not anti-vax, no, okay, but. but I do believe in the greater good of freedom. No. Well, no. I don't know. The freedom works two ways. Exactly. You know, there's your freedom to expose me to the vaccine, Ten, which you say they, they should have. 10 to 15% of the population does not have the right or the freedom to potentially infect the other 85 to 90% of the population. Let's, it doesn't let's to, work that way. Let's go to Terry in New West. Hi, Terry. Hey, how are you guys doing? Great show, thanks. Good. Okay, I'm not good with technology, so I don't have a smartphone. Uh, what I did was I phoned the ministry office, health office, and told them when I was vaccinated. They checked it up on their computer system, verified it, and gave me, mailed me uh, a form that I can take because I like to go out see mm-hmm. movies uh, sometimes yep. on my days off. Okay. So that worked. As far as the guy going voting, I helped somebody vote. Uh, we had to wear a mask at the polling booth when we went inside. Um, you take a card that the government has sent you uh, where you vote. It's got, like, the address on it and your name and, and address and date of birth. Then you take your identification, and you just show it. That's an easy way to do yep. that. So, yep. uh, Okay. Th- thank you, Terry, for that. Yeah, keep in mind, you don't need to download this to your device, the, the vaccination card. You can print it off. Uh, on a computer, and it's not—it's not wallet-sized, unfortunately, but you can still print it. 